Good day, my friends, and welcome to another moment, a Black History Moment with Bo. And it's good to be back in front of the microphone after that three-day memorial weekend, and I hope you enjoyed yourself as well as I did. One of the greatest moments of that weekend for me was watching the story of the burning of Black Wall Street, which was produced by my homeboy, LeBron James. He told a story that I have been trying to get out there for some 40 years. A story that I learned while I was in college, but that's the kind of education you get out of the HBCU. And to me, the whole story boils down to the fact that fighting this war for equality is about our dollars. Greenwood was successful because the people that lived there made their money somewhere else and spent their money amongst themselves. It was so successful that whiteness was so jealous and so raged that it had to be destroyed because they could no longer look down upon the people of Greenwood. The only city within the United States to ever be bombed and we were the recipients of that bombing, my friends. I could talk about Greenwood in great length, but I'm not gonna do that today. We're gonna slip on into darkness and talk about a great woman. Although she never cared to think in these terms, Jane Bolin would often have her name followed with the descriptive, the first black woman too. In her mind, she was simply following her life's path, pursuing goals in a profession she cared for deeply not unlike any other man or woman, black or white. Still, the facts are undeniable that part of Boland's life path involved opening doors that had been, until her arrival, closed to African-American women. And so the description, while not necessarily welcome, is accurate. Jane Boland was the first black woman to graduate from Yale Law School, the first black woman to work as corporate counsel for the city of New York, the first black woman to be admitted to the Bar Association of the city of New York, and most significantly, the first black woman judge in the United States. Born Jane Matilda Bolin on April 11, 1908, in Poughkeepsie, New York, she was the youngest of four children born to Galas C. Bolin, a lawyer and the first black graduate of Williams College, and Matilda Ingram Bolin, a white English woman. Her mother had become ill when Bolin was young and died when she was eight years old. As a single parent, her father devoted a great deal of time and energy to his children while simultaneously running his own small law practice in Poughkeepsie. 
It was in her father's office with the rows and rows of law books that Bolin, an avid reader and excellent student, first thought of becoming a lawyer. Being a bright student, Bolin graduated from Poughkeepsie High School at age 15, then began attending Wellesley College in 1924, one of two black women to enter that year. She later recalled her life at Wellesley as a lonely time where she was ignored socially and received little encouragement from the faculty. As a senior, when she told her advisor about her plans to become a lawyer, she was sternly instructed to think of something else. There was no future for a black woman as a lawyer, she was told. But upon graduating in 1928, Bolin was named a Wellesley Scholar, a distinction given to the top 20 women in their class. Bolin's experience at Wellesley graded on her. In an essay she wrote in 1974 for a Wellesley publication, she candidly explained, I am saddened and maddened even half a century later to recall many of my Wellesley experiences, but my college days for the most part evoke sad and lonely personal memories. These experiences perhaps were partially responsible for my lifelong interest in the social problems, poverty, and racial discrimination rampant in our country. In sharp contrast to her advisor at Wellesley, Bolin's father knew his daughter could become a lawyer. He simply did not want her to. Bolin recalled, he assumed I'd be a schoolteacher. He didn't think that women should hear the unpleasant things that lawyers have to hear. Bolin so feared her father's disapproval that she did not tell him her plans until she had already interviewed and was accepted by Yale Law School. With her father's reluctant blessing, Bolin went through the school and graduated in 1931, the first black woman to do so. With law degree in hand, Bolin affixed her name to the front door of her father's Poughkeepsie practice until 1933, when her marriage to fellow lawyer Ralph Mazel took her to New York. The couple practiced law together until 1937, when Bolin applied for a position in the office of the Corporation Council of the City of New York. The city's law office, although initially dismissed during her interview for the position by an assistant, Corporation Counsel Paul Wendells walked in the office and hired her on the spot, giving Bolin the distinction as the first black woman to become an assisted corporation counsel. In this role, Bolin was assigned to the Domestic Relations Court where she represented petitioners who could not afford their own lawyer. Bolin had held the position of Assistant Corporation Counsel 
for two years when she was summoned by the office of New York's mayor, LaGuardia, to meet the mayor at the New York City building of the World's Fair, which had just opened. Concerned that someone had complained about her performance in the Corporation Council's office, and the mayor was going to reprimand her, Bolin persuaded her husband to accompany her to the meeting. Her concern turned to surprise, which then turned into numbness when she learned Mayor LaGuardia's intent was to swear her in as a judge, the first black woman judge in the United States. The swearing-in took place on a Saturday, and Bolin took her place on the bench the following Monday. It would be a position she would hold for the next 40 years. Her early years as a judge tested her, for she had to balance family life with her professional duties. Two years after Bolin gave birth to her son, York Bolin Mazel, in 1941, her husband died. She remained a widow until remarrying in 1950. Of those years raising her son as a single parent and pursuing a full-time career, Bolin remarked, I don't think I shortchanged anyone but myself. I did not get all the sleep I needed. I felt my first obligation was to my child. She followed the example set by her own father, who had lavished her with devotion and support as a child. She remembered her time as a single parent and widow as a period when she gained a true appreciation for her father's sacrifices in support of his children. Her second marriage to Walter P. Ofton, a clergyman, lasted until he passed away in 1974. Bolin's efforts to provide a loving family life for her own son and husband were reinforced by her court duties, which gave her deep insight into social effects of troubled family life. She was assigned to the Domestic Relations Court, which in 1962 became known as the Family Court of the State of New York. Her position gave Bolin a front-row seat to virtually every aspect of legal trouble that could engage a New York family from battered spouses and neglected children to paternity suits and increasingly over her 40-year career homicides committed by juveniles. We always had homicides, but not in the numbers we have today, Bolin told the New York Times at the time of her retirement. I've never seen anything like this, the extent of this violence, never. Adding, sometimes from the bench I ask the children, why? Why? And I never get a satisfactory answer. They look at you, they stare at you, and they don't say anything. Bolin received honorary degrees from Morgan State College, Tuskegee Institute, Hampton Institute, Western College for Women, Williams College, 
Corporation Council's Award for Distinguished Service in 1993. Boland's vision extended far beyond the social effects of family life. However, as a justice, Boland determined to bring about changes in the way things were handled in New York with regard to race. One change was the assignment of probation officers to cases without to race or religion. When I came in, the one or two black probation officers handled only black families, she recalled. I had that changed. A second change was ensuing private child care agencies that received public funding would accept children regardless of ethnic background. They used to put a big N or PR on the front of every petition to indicate if the family was black or Puerto Rican. Bolin had that changed as well. In addition to her work on the bench, Bolin served on the boards of many agencies and organizations, including the Child Welfare League, the National Board of the NAACP, the New York Urban League. All activities that paralleled a lifetime of professional work designing to help people, a passion for which she never tired. When Boland reached the mandatory retirement age of 70 in 1978, she was forced to step down from the bench. She was very much opposed to the ideal, although she left the bench. I've always done the kind of work I like, she admitted. I don't want to sound trite, but families and children are so important to our society, and to dedicate your life to trying to improve their lives is completely satisfying. Boland died in New York on January 8, 2007. She was 98 years old. So there you have it, my friends. Jane Matilda Boland, the first black female judge in the United States. Rest in peace, my beautiful sister. My friends, we all know that music means that it is time for me to go. But I'm going to leave you with a message. A message that came from one of our black actors, by the name of Denzel Washington. And what Denzel said was, some people will never like you because your spirit irritates their demons. Hello, until next time my friends, it has been my honor. <laughs>